Hi guys, today we have me, Chase Novit, we got Anna Clark, and we got Isaac Thomas, and we're all here uh, doing the Let's Hawk About It. And today, we're going to do a nice little sports segment for you guys. And Isaac's going to start us off with some UNG baseball. But first, may I say, my name is Anna Kate. Thank you. But just as a reference, she has just made both of us upset today. So for the rest of the podcast. time. Twice today now. Yeah. So for the rest of the podcast, she will be referred to as Anna Clark. Uh, but my so, name is Anna Kate. No, so Anna over here is in trouble. One because we were an hour and fifteen minutes late. Two. Well, now we're uh, like an hour and fifty minutes we late. We were supposed to record this at two o'clock. It's three fifty, and we got about what twenty minutes of recording ish done, and then uh, you deleted it. That was your. Fault. I deleted it because it was replaying the same thing over and over. You should have saved it just in case. I'm just upset at everybody Okay, I'll take partial right now. blame. I'm upset that you're a Georgia Tech fan, so. Well, you know what? That's respectable, okay. I guess. <laughs> okay, um, let's get to some I'm too tired to argue with you. Um, so we have an order we're going in for the sports stuff. I was very <laughs> authoritative. Listen, uh, <laughs> I got like two hours of sleep last night, so I'll try to stay not yelling. We're going to start with baseball. Then... Probably football, then basketball. And we always want to start out with UNG teams. And so with that, the UNG baseball team just finished splitting a series against University of Montevallo. Lost 2-12 to on Tuesday, March 22nd, and then won 5-3 to on March 23rd. They had two RBIs by Tim Conway, two RBIs by Cruz Taylor. Uh, and so they won 5-3 to and are now 15-11. and on the season four and five in conference they started out ranked in the top 25 they've fallen out of it but hope to regain that spot with a couple wins over georgia college this coming up weekend i don't know if isaac mentioned this but we're going to go from baseball to football to basketball because we want to keep everything separated but there's so much going on in sports right now because of the baseball lockout march madness all the football deals that are going on so I totally forgot we were even that March Madness was going on. Oh yeah, um, I was. It's, I, it's, it's crazy too. It's yeah. There's games in like should be like in five hours, but it's been it's so long like recording this. It's like but two we'll hours. get there. We'll get to that. What we will. We will. We're Teaser. On so, so we're on we'll, baseball. We'll stick to baseball. We'll stick yep. to baseball. So with baseball, we all know about Freddie. Right. So Freddie's a Dodger now, and we that all hurts. we all are hurt by that. But we dodged all know, the Braves, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, there's the puns. <laughs> I knew they were coming. Um, but we we all know whose fault it really is. And Anna really, really knows it's her fault. Chelsea Freeman. She's on our list now. What, what <laughs> list? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's just not a good list. Who else is on the list, just as a reference point? Gandhi. <laughs> I don't know what kind of list this is. <laughs> I, we were talking about Gandhi earlier for some reason. So It was, was on the quiz. One of the questions oh, the we quiz, had yeah. on the quiz that we didn't want to take mentioned Gandhi. Yeah, that's so right. we were like, that was the first name. But no, Gandhi's not on the list. I think Hitler might be on the list. Is that yeah. more accurate? I don't know if I would put Chelsea with Hitler. For but today, <laughs> only Anna's on the list. Anna is on the list. She's on the list Anna, with Anna, Hitler, and Chelsea are on the list. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's all right. Anyways... My theory is that this was primarily Chelsea's doing because I really feel like in my heart, I always want to think the best of people. And I really trusted Freddie and I loved him. And 
yes, but you're not thinking the best of Chelsea by assuming it's her fault. Okay. <laughs> she doesn't have a rebuttal. I don't know what else I'm yeah. supposed to say to that. I mean, you're not wrong. Anyways, I used to be a very big Chelsea Freeman fan, and I never actually bought her clothes, but I always wanted to. I blame it on Chelsea because I think that she is an L.A. girl at heart, even though supposedly she's from Florida. She spends most of her time over in California doing whatever with her like clothing line and stuff like that. Um, so I think they had plenty of time with the lockout and stuff to think about everything a little bit too much. And um, Freddie's a California native, too. So I think they just... Chelsea had the deciding factor in that because I really want to believe that Freddie wanted to stay with us. And, I mean, what's one year of playing baseball going to make? Like, what kind of difference is that going to make, really? Because I know we offered him five years that was a pretty decent deal but he went with six with the Dodgers so I think it just all comes back to Chelsea so I'm blaming her she's on and the list speaking of that deal Isaac brought up a good point earlier that Freddie would have made the exact same amount of money per year with staying with the Braves that he's going to make with the Dodgers now right with based off of the tax stuff. difference yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and one of the things I don't know if y'all read the report by Buster Olney because um, I had assumed Braves front office fault they should have brought Freddie back at first. And I lost a lot of respect for Freddie when this report came out by Buster because it said that, you know, the whole season Freddie said they haven't given me an offer, they didn't give me one during the offseason, they haven't given me an offer, they haven't given me an offer, and it wasn't until after the season that he said they supposedly gave him an offer. Well, the report came out um, with reputable sources that they gave him an offer in spring training last season, and they got to the trade deadline and all those injuries broke out and they gave him an offer of five years and however much money he was asking at the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. And he just kept lying, saying they haven't made me an offer and refused to accept either offer. I think what might have been the driving factor, though, was he probably wanted those couple extra years because he knew at that point he'd be near the end of his career. So he wanted a contract that already had those amounts guaranteed versus him having to re-sign a contract and they're like, you're not worth that anymore. Right. Well, and it, it looked like I know his his dad had said something about how he was just so upset when the news broke that they traded for Olsen because cause he was like, I can't believe they did that to me, yada, yada, yada. And so I blame, if I had to put blame on one person, it's Freddie Freeman's agent who messaged Alex Anthopoulos and said, you have one hour to accept one of these two offers that we give you and, or else we walk. And so Anthopoulos immediately called the A's, according to the reports, and was like, hey, we're going to make this trade. So I blame Freddie's agent because that's just terrible negotiating to just be like, yeah, you got an hour to, All right, to do so well, Also, well, Who's the know. one person you blame? I'm the Chelsea. One? Okay. He's agent. So, and let me get a name for agent. <laughs> so, the person that I blame in this whole thing is not Anna. But I, okay, so listen to this. Chipper Jones at the World Series had told Freddie that if he messes with the Braves front office, they will move ahead without him. So, he has to go ahead and make a deal. Freddie knew that he needed to make a deal. And he had one presented in front of him that's really similar to what the Dodgers offered him. And he didn't accept it. So, yeah, Freddie's partially at fault here. Front office, no fault at all because they put in their effort. The agent, yeah, I don't like him. Chelsea, yeah, 
it could be her fault too. But you know who I really blame and who we should all be blaming in this? Rob Ew. Manford. Rob Rob Manford. Okay, thank you. Okay, so with with the lockout and everything, he definitely had too much time to think about it. And Rob Manford is the cause of all of this. And two, don't like the guy. Three, don't like the guy. Four, Derek Cheater. I'm glad he's out of the league for everywhere. Um, I don't know why that's important, but I just want to throw that out. I don't either, but there was a tweet that I really liked that said the Marlins asked Derek Jeter to field a ground ball five feet to his right, and he said that that was it, and that's why he left. And I was like, that's pretty good. <laughs> well, so, I mean, honestly, yeah, it's probably a little bit of everyone's fault, but am I mad about it? No, I'm sad about it, yeah, because I love Freddie, but, like, also, we have we have Matt Olson now. Right. That, that deal, that's a great deal, and... He's a great player. The, the stats are comparable. He's not going to be a Freddie Freeman for the Braves. He's not going to be that guy in the dugout. But now we have Ozzy and Acuna who are back, and Acuna is going to be lit up in the dugout this year. That much I know. We have Azuna back too, which is a, a, a controversial thing. But he is back. They're all big voices in the dugout. So Freddie will be missed, but there will be someone that will step up and take his spot in that dugout. When we saw a big step up, too, even in the World Series from Max Fried, just with his presence, I mean, I think the biggest thing you saw from him is that man looked like his ankle got snapped in half mm-hmm. in Game 6, I think it was. when He got he went, stepped on. Yeah, he got and, stepped and on. And then he and went Morton off. Both. Yeah, and Morton pitched Morton with a broken both. leg well, they and struck both, out Jose Altuve. They were both in that Game 6 in the dugout still, and they were still like getting everyone going when they're like, one, he had a broken fibula, fibula, Charlie did, and then what did Max have? Just he didn't have anything broken, but I mean, yeah, when you look just, at it, yeah. his ankle went. Poof. No, yeah, you can't see that if you're that watching made the him podcast. Mad, though, it did. He pitched a good game. But to continue on with the Freddie conversation, because in that there the Olsen conversation. We're on Olsen now. Oh my yeah. gosh, um, it cleared up money. Uh, you traded away prospects that could be good one day to save money to sign people who are good now, like yeah. Kenley Jansen, who got. Like forty something saves last year in sixty nine appearances. Who are a two 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 ERA? I would call him the best closer in the MLB. He's who, top five. Who would you call the best? Uh, I mean, it would. You have to ask more specifically, like the best career of every closer that's still. No, no, no. no, no. Or like the going last into year. Last, year, last year, who was, who was the, the best, best closer? Because uh, Aroldis Chapman is not anything anymore. Like, I mean, if you look at his stats when he came into the MLB, yeah, he was a great closer. But now It depends on the half, too, because Richard Rodriguez was the best closer the Richard first half of the Rodriguez season. Richard Rodriguez was really good last Then he year. just turned into a bust when he came to the Braves in the second half. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then when you look at the second half, there was one pitcher that got four saves in the World Series and didn't allow a single run the entire postseason. Was that? Who was that? That was Will Smith. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Dude, okay, one, I have to respect— wait, Who's, I have to respect Snitaker for that. Snitker. I always say that wrong. But I have to respect him for that. He literally, people were like, why are you using him as a closer? You have such better closers and everything. And he goes, because I know if I put Will out there, he's going to get us the win still. He was like, it might not be a save. It might be a blown save, but the win's still coming our way. And I was like, you know what? That's respect. And after his postseason performance, I don't know really why we needed Kinley, but... You know, I'm not mad that we have him because now you put Will in a setup position. You have Matzik in a setup position. And you have Luke Jackson in a middle relief situation. 
There's only one Braves player that I have their jersey. There's only one player that I hate on the Braves. Is it Luke Jackson? Because let me tell you, I'm Luke Jackson's number one fan. I got to And you, I hope he's listening right now. Luke Jackson is a bum. Luke Jackson carried the bullpen like three years. Uh, you remember when he was a closer? I do remember and that. And he went from long relief to closer because we literally, like, we could have went and been a reliever for the Braves that year. Do you remember? Well, yeah, I could go be a reliever for the Braves. You probably could too. A bad Are one, we but we play? could. No, right? But Luke Jackson did. Yeah, and he's okay. still playing. The, the and he's problem, hilarious. The, the man has the best personality on the team. The problem I find with Luke is he blew so many big games over the last two seasons, especially that game that he came into uh, against the Dodgers when we lost. What was it? Four three? Last year, two years ago. Twenty uh, twenty. He, he so, blew yeah. game two and game four. Just That's blew true. Them. But and ever since then, I have not liked the guy. See, I, I still love him. You know, another reliever that had a zero ERA in the World Series. Who? Luke Jackson. Because he pitched what half an inning? No, he pitched like four <laughs> four and two thirds of an inning. Okay, well, I'll say this: if he proves himself this season, it's a different. He proved story. himself last season. He proves himself in the postseason. He had like he, the whole season. He had like a two six ERA last year. I still don't like him. <sighs> If he if he continues to play good, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll like him. Well, either way, we have a bunch of guys down there, and we're just getting more. We get uh, traded for or signed Kirby Yates. Here yeah, come back from I'm injury. About it, that. I'm very excited about Yates. Um, Soroka's coming back. Who was my favorite before Jackson when he was healthy? Mike Soroka was my favorite player. Max Fried wasn't your favorite player. No, because I mean I love Max Fried, but Soroka reminds me so much of Greg Maddox with the way yeah, that he pitches. That's true. It just gives me those flashbacks. I'll tell you this. So I know it has nothing to do with the Braves now, but I saw a video of Maddox back when he was, uh, I think it was his third season or something. He went out, he threw a complete game shutout in 88 pitches. Yeah, the man was an animal. That's crazy. He had three one, two, three innings, three pitches, not one, two, three outs, one, two, three pitches. I was like, that's crazy for any any pitcher to do. There was, before we move on to football, because this is one of my favorite baseball stories, Maddox talked about, uh, I don't even remember who the hitter was. We'll say Barry Bonds just for the sake of it. I know it's not, but I just want a name for the story. Um, They were playing them the end of the regular season. Maddox had a no-hitter in the bottom of the ninth inning. And he came up to bat, and they they had one pitch that they knew they could get him out with. And catcher gives him the sign. He shakes it off. Gives him the sign, shakes it off. They have a mound visit, and the catcher's like, what are you doing? And he's like, no, I don't want to throw that pitch. So he throws him something else. Home run over the left field wall, breaks the no-hitter up. Still end up winning the game. They go to the playoffs and are playing that same team first round. And Barry Bonds, if that was him, doesn't get a single hit on Maddox the whole series because he kept throwing that one pitch that he knew he'd get him out on. Really? Yeah, and they said the catcher, I think it was Javi Lopez, was saying it's because he was always one step ahead of everybody. He said, I'm giving up this no-hitter. I know he's going to get a hit. Because when we get to the postseason, I'm using that, and I'm not going to let him figure it out come postseason time. So and that's what made him so good. He didn't want to throw it to him before then because he didn't want him to be like, oh, I know he's got that pitch in the yard. Right. He didn't want him to know that going into the postseason when it mattered. That's crazy. That's one of my favorite stories. That's what made him so good, why he get the 88-pitch complete game. True. Okay, so last question. What do we think about a possible repeat World Series win? So you're trying to jinx us on a podcast she, again is what you're she saying? She's trying to go to – well, actually, her last jinx did go our direction. That's 
What? With well, UNG basketball. I don't remember that. She said they were going to win, and they did win. That's true. But not true. as much as they should have. They made history, though. So... Okay. Yeah, but that's I, not, yeah. not that's not a part of that's the jinx. That's true. All right, I don't I don't think it's a jinx to talk about what we think will okay, help. Okay, yeah. Um, last season, at the end of the year, going into the World Series, they were not the best team on paper at all. No. The Dodgers were. Dodgers, probably Brewers, and the Astros weren't either. And those two mm-hmm. teams made the World Series. And it was something that Jock Peterson said over the offseason, the best team on paper wins you regular season games. The best team in the dugout, best chemistry wins you postseason games. And so we kind of flip flop that though. That's the one thing that worries me. You lose someone like Freddie. Well, you have we have a. This is the best team on paper that they may have had in either of our lifetimes. I mean, this yeah. is a really good team on paper. Well, I don't know. That '95 team was. Well, I wasn't alive during that. Were you? So I said in our lifetime. Yeah, you're right. right. You're right. So really, really good team on paper. But then, and if they can turn that over to a really good team in the clubhouse that gets along, we're in for a really good ride. But that's the question mark for me. What I think now is going to happen is we're going to be uh, – it sounds weird to say, but we're going to be the new Dodgers or Astros that are there every single year. That's my prediction. I don't know if we're going to necessarily win it every single year, mm-hmm. but we have people still signed on these three, four more years in their contract, and we have Olsen for seven now and or eight, and we have people for a long time. And as like you said, as long as they're getting along in the dugout and everything's going smoothly, I think it'll be a fun a fun thing to watch. I totally agree with that. I feel like the Braves went through a rough patch there for a while, and I feel like now we're kind of going to be, you know, at the beginning of the season, people are going to say, well, who do you think is going to win? And we're going to be, you know, one of the multiple choice answers. We'll be up there with the Dodgers and the Astros and stuff. Um, and... You know, last season, a lot of people were talking about how it made the World Series win so much sweeter that they went through so much adversity throughout the season. And I think with all these changes and, you know, right now everybody's talking about, well, now that the Braves lost Freddie, like, you can count them out. But I don't think that's true at all. I think this team that we have, even without Freddie Freeman, is so strong and has good chemistry it's like a brotherhood, you know, all the things. And I think that'll be like what Isaac said, that'll go into the postseason play for sure. And speaking of brotherhood, that can lead us into our next topic. That was a hashtag during the good years for the Falcons was uh, yeah. the hashtag brotherhood, you know, rise up. And the brotherhood took a hit. Took um, a big hit. Not what? only did they trade Matt Ryan – but it was because Matt Ryan requested to be yeah. traded, which is something that I never thought I would see. But I have to respect it from him. Well, you know, what I really think it was was the fact that so many Atlanta fans had dogged on Matt Ryan every year because we weren't in the you know, Super Bowl games or whatnot. He did take us to one Super Bowl, which it is not his fault that we lost that Super Bowl. We all know that defense literally, we came out and we were – like a bunch of blobs just rolling around on the field could not stop Edelman and Brady and I mean I'll give it to Tom Brady he's Tom Brady like that's probably why we got beat but that defense if they played better Matt Ryan gets the Super Bowl there I guarantee you he doesn't leave this team but also on that same point they, he doesn't get enough credit he was he's number nine all time in touchdown passes he's second among active players and passing yard no uh, yeah. oh, no he's first uh, all time and passing yards in first 10 seasons He's ninth all-time in touchdown passes. 
second among active quarterbacks in passing yards. And he was in first the 52 days that Brady was retired. Yeah. And, um, you know, honestly, he did a lot of good things for the organization. But, I mean, I, I don't blame him for wanting to get out at all because he wasn't treated that great near the end. Yeah, first six years he was there, he was treated like a prince. But after that, it was it was downhill real quick. The big thing was the disrespect. I feel like they showed him this past like week and a half because he was supposed to get a seven and a half million dollar bonus last week. Yeah, they pushed that back to this week on Tuesday, which was the day that he got traded. And there's all these reports that the Bra- or the Falcons are about to trade for Deshaun Watson and give him a contract. When you have this guy who's been here for as long as he has and has done so much for the program, and they're talking about replacing him, and then pushing back his bonus because they know they are. And then, you know, that plan falls through, and I imagine the Falcons are sitting there thinking, oh, well, we got Ryan. And if I'm Ryan, I'm thinking, no, I want out too. Yeah. I mean, that's just the amount of disrespect shown by the organization there to me was was pretty crazy. And I also hate that all we got was a third-round pick out of it. Well, now that you mentioned Deshaun Watson, let's talk about that deal because that that's controversial, very controversial. And two, I don't think he's better than Baker Mayfield. And I don't know why the Cleveland Browns would want Deshaun Watson over Baker Mayfield. I think he's better than Mayfield. Is he worth $230 million guaranteed even without all the baggage that he has coming with him? No, absolutely not. Because he hasn't – he had, what, two good seasons? And he was a really good college quarterback, one of of the best college quarterbacks there ever was. Right. Two or three really good seasons with the Texans – and then all that baggage hits, and now you're buying that too, and you're guaranteeing them $230 million. So I actually met Deshaun back in high school. His school played my high school. And after the game, he's a great guy, stand-up guy. Well, at least back then he was. I don't Now is a different story, but he was, and he worked hard. So I know if he comes in he's not performing like he wants to, he's going to work hard and eventually he will. But Baker has that same mentality. After last season, he literally said, I'm going to be training from this day until the season starts. And then I know, I don't remember what it was that he said, but he said something as soon as they got Deshaun. He was like, I want out. And I thought he was going to go to the Colts, but now Colts have Matty Ice. And there's not many teams that are really, uh, me and Isaac were looking it up, there's like three teams that are maybe in need of a quarterback. And one of those teams was um, Tampa Bay. And then Tampa Bay gets Tom Brady back, and it's like, well, Baker Mayfield's kind of just stuck now, which seems to be a trend with all Cleveland quarterbacks. Right. Well, and I think the the biggest thing, the biggest downfall Baker had was last season you have Odo Beckham Jr. who requests to be traded. And no one really knows why. I mean, he played for the Browns, so everybody just assumed, why would you want to play for the Browns, especially when he could go win a Super Bowl like he did. But then they brought in Watson – and Beckham makes a statement saying, hey, I would be interested with signing with the Browns again now that Watson's there, which tells you the reason he left is because of Baker. Well, also, but he left New York, too. And you remember that with his dad and everything? Vaguely. So his dad was saying he's not getting enough touches, he should be doing more, the team needs to utilize him. I think he wants to be a Cordell Patterson type of player that you're getting touches in the backfield as well as receiving. But to be honest, he's not that he's not good enough for that no he's not especially with his with his injuries too I mean I think everybody knows if he doesn't make that one sideline catch that was called the Odell he's not even a household name I don't think well that and the fact that he likes to start arguments with a uh kicking net that that's a good one. that's too. true but I mean at this day and age that's nothing in the NFL that won't even make 
make the front page with everything Dang, that goes I just on. I bow out on the NFL section. Yeah, I really don't care about the NFL enough. Fair enough. I do like Matt Ryan. I think that him parting ways is kind of sad because he's been with the Falcons for so long. Sorry, I'm, like, backtracking. But um, I think if he goes to a better team that is stronger in a lot of areas where the Falcons are weaker, like the offensive line, for example, he can really redeem himself and show, you know, his full potential on the field. So I'm happy for him. I agree with that. I mean, there's a few teams this year that have made great offensive line changes, and one of those is the Bengals. So imagine what the Bengals did last year with Joe Burrow's offensive line. They just changed four of the spots in that offensive line. They only kept the center, and that was because the center was decent. Same with the Dolphins. They're doing the same. They're addressing their center issues in the draft. They just got two new guards. They just signed Tyreek Hill, too. To a crazy deal, you $30 got, million a year you for got a receiver. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, the two fastest receivers. Two of the fastest receivers, it, besides uh, Josh something. Uh, he's on Minnesota. But uh, two of the fastest. Justin Jefferson, maybe, is that who you're thinking of? Uh, possibly, probably. Um, but they have two of the fastest receivers in the NFL. They have a combined height of, like, eight foot one. Um, and you have Tua back there, which I, I don't know how that works out. But if Tua can get him the ball, the Dolphins, the Bengals, and the Colts, I think, all become elite teams because Carson Wentz now has left the Colts. He's with Washington. I think Washington stays about the same performance that they did last year. But with, with those three teams, you have three new contenders. Well, two new contenders and then the Bengals again to really make an imprint in the NFL this year. Yeah, I agree. And that, I think that was a big deal, too, for the Ryan deal is wanting to be competitive his last few years because he's on that edge of – Will Matt Ryan make the Hall of Fame? Will he not make the Hall of Fame? Yeah. If he wins that Super Bowl, he's in the Hall of Fame. He's a lock. And you know what's funny is if he gets one, I don't think he's done it one. I think they could get multiple. If the Colts, if they really play around, you know, a, a good offense is – or the best offense is a good defense, if they start putting some players on that defense that can show up each week, I think the Colts are real contenders for the Super Bowl each and every year with Matt Ryan at QB. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. The AFC is just so good, though, offensively. Well, everyone's making trades now. Like, uh, Khalil Mack, he, he's he gone. He's back over there to stop Patrick Mahomes and all of them. And uh, Cincinnati's making upgrades. Chargers have just gotten a few new players. So I think the AFC in general is just super strong right now. Yeah, and the NFC is pretty weak. But so we have not to change the subject too quick but we have two more football things to discuss the first one i want to bring up is what's your opinion on the Mariota signing to replace matt ryan so you know honestly i've always been a marcus Mariota fan just because of the way that he carried himself at oregon uh back when chip kelly was getting all this crap and everything right it was chip kelly uh i think so i'm pretty sure he was there when Mariota was but chip was getting chewed out for something and Mariota was like look he's human he messes up like everyone does and he was like you know we're still gonna go in the locker room we're gonna work as a team we're gonna work together and figure this out with or without him and he pretty much was like you know what I'm gonna coach this team and be quarterback at this team at the same time and after that I just gained so much respect for him and then he's at Tennessee he performs decently but then they get Tannehill and they're like you know this is our guy and then you have Mariota throwing a touchdown pass to himself I thought that was cool so I, I really like it. I, I think it it's great. It will give us a triple option threat as well, which not any team in the NFL has. So, Right. And as a Georgia Tech fan, I love the fact that yeah. that's going to be a potential option. 
he played, like you said, at Tennessee with head coach Arthur Smith, who's now with Atlanta. So they have that chemistry already. And I think the duo of him and uh, Patterson is going to be a pretty deadly duo on the ground because I think that that's going to help Patterson a lot because last season he kind of dwindled at the end of the year because there was no one else to hand the ball off to or to run the ball. And so I think having Mariota back there will make make a big difference in how he can perform. Too. I am going to say, though, our offense in Atlanta is Mariota, Cordell, and Kyle Pitts. If, I, if you ask me a single name of an Atlanta wide receiver right now that's not suspended or traded, couldn't tell you. They got a receiver with the last name Zacchaeus. Well, now I know, I know one. Because uh, we lost Gage. He's gone. He's over in uh, – Tampa Bay now. We so lost that Brady's other the backup weapon. tight end that I actually knew that was from the Chargers. Don't even remember who he was yeah. now. Um, Julio's a free agent. Julio is, and you he's know he's going to go to the Colts. I was going to say he's probably going to go to the Colts because him and Matt Ryan just have a connection. Yeah, which you know I I don't blame him. It's smart move on his part. Tennessee didn't work out for him. He gets paid. He gets out of the deal of a place that obviously wasn't working out for him. He was a big bust in my fantasy this year, but. I think it's rather that or he does come back to Atlanta because he went to Alabama, but he was raised over in Georgia. I think that he just wants to be in the South. I think he likes it. And if he makes that move to Indiana, hey, good for him. Yeah, I think those are his only two options. Coming off that injury, I'm not sure anybody else is going to give him a contract that he wants. You say that, but then I was thinking the other day, the Dolphins are trying to get rid of Devontae Parker. And who is almost the exact frame as Devontae Parker? Julio Jones. Exactly. And so the Dolphins have like negative six million dollars on their payroll now that they just paid Tyreek Hill so much money. Yeah, but whenever they get rid of, so they're releasing Nakaseki, their other tight end, and then uh, probably releasing Devontae. Julio's not going to get a big deal no matter where he goes. After last season's performance, that's improbable. But the biggest deals he would get would be in Atlanta or Indianapolis. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Or that or going to a team that's already has a you know, history of a bad receiving core like Chicago because aren't they losing Allen Robinson? Uh, That sounds like uh, there's so much stuff happening. I think like Chicago or Jacksonville might be his best bet at the biggest deal because they're in desperate need. But Or Green Bay now that they've lost uh, Devontae Adams. And you got to think, Aaron Rodgers, he was done a while before, and now you, you take away his only weapon. And when I say only weapon – I, I, it's no disrespect to the receivers that they have, but Rodgers and Adams have just had a connection. I right, think, like, that Julio-Ryan connection. Exactly. Uh, the Tom Brady-Wes Welker connection, Tom Brady-Julian Edelman connection, the Tom Brady-Rob Tom Brady with pretty much any of his receivers, right. but like in Wes different Welker. eras. <laughs> yeah, and so that brings up to one more thing we had to discuss about football is the person we thought that was going to replace the Ryan-Julio connection was Calvin Ridley, who his year and a half that he played – especially that last half year, looked really good. And then takes a break for mental health reasons. Which I respect that. I respect that, too. I I lost a little respect, though, when he was betting on games. You know, like, I feel like that his his focus maybe wasn't on what he was claiming it was. Well, there's a joke going around that it was the worst bet of all time because even if he won the bet or not, it was only a $1,500 bet. He just lost out on, what was it, $12, $13 that his contract was that he's not getting now? Yeah. And he bet on the Falcons, who lost, and lost him the bet anyways. Which which I, was, that's what I respect more, is that he still bet on his team. It wasn't like, you know, uh, let's throw back to, what was it, 92, 92 World Series, and then back to, like, Pete Rose era of, like, 
him betting on the other team and then throwing the game. He didn't do that. He bet on his team to win the game. That's true. And I mean, one year seems pretty hefty for me, especially considering all the people that have done so much worse and don't have that long of a suspension, i.e. Deshaun Watson, Kareem Hunt, you know, just oh, the list about, goes on and Josh on. Gordon with what his like twelfth drug using effect. Well, he's he's on like a yeah on like a three year ban because of that. Well, now. no, he had a PED ban that was lifetime, and then they lifted it because it was marijuana originally. So they lifted it, but then he started using actual PEDs, thinking he wouldn't get caught. Like, bro, you you tell me you're out of the NFL three years and you come back looking better than any of the receivers in the league. Right. Without any extra help? Yeah, no way. And you don't think you're going to get a surprise drug test? And like which, that's Which I hate because Josh Gordon would be probably number one receiver of all time, and I will stand by that if he never, if he never had any of these offenses. I'll have to disagree with that, but I have the biased opinion that Calvin Johnson is just because, you know, the Georgia Tech boy. I mean, he's just – that was – that was just a freak of nature that shouldn't be allowed to play sports. But Gordon was going to be really good. Of course, he was on the Browns too, so he was kind of stuck in between a rock and a hard place. I do think there's one thing that we need to mention with all these quarterbacks making moves. We saw what Stafford did last year. Yeah. He makes a move to a new team. He takes him to a Super Bowl. Which one do you think, out of all the new quarterbacks that have moved around, who would you take as your favorite to take their team the furthest this postseason? Uh, I'm trying to think of all the different quarterbacks that have moved. So um, we got um, Brady coming back. I'm going to count that as a move because he did announce his retirement. We got Deshaun Watson. We got Matt Ryan. We've also got Mariota. We've got... Um, yeah, I think those are the big four moves right now. So, leading to the playoffs, I think Ryan has the best shot if they can add a couple pieces. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brady's the easy pick because he's Brady, but he's he's got he's got a long road to go. They still have some signings they have to make to get some competition around him. And they did lose a few. They key did. Players. The surprise pick you forgot about Carson Wentz too, but I mean that one was. That, that. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, that's a good one. Um, if 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 it comes out that Washington wins, I will publicly apologize to any Commanders fan. There you go. Um, I would say the surprise of all of them is going to be Mariota. Mm. If he had one more weapon, as awful as the NFC, especially the NFC South is, I think you might see us in a wild card. Mm-hmm. If they had one more weapon, because they've you know they signed Lorenzo Carter, uh, signed another safety from Georgia, got some pretty high draft picks, uh, so I think he's going to surprise some people. I think you have another 500 season out of him. Yeah, and you know I think yeah, it's a two year deal, right? Right, two years, eighteen point five, I think. I think if Atlanta stops with their defensive picks that never work out in the draft, and they actually draft for something that has longevity to it. There's a chance that he gets an offensive weapon out of this draft. And, yeah, you know, some people say rookies come in, they're not ready for the league. Um, I have a wide receiver over in Cincinnati that says very differently right now. Right. I have a wide receiver over in Cincinnati who won me a fantasy football league because he put up 300 yards and four touchdowns in week 16. That man, he literally came in the league and he said, yo, Joe, you just want to continue what we did in college? Yeah. And, you know, with, with something like that, that's going to be a dangerous weapon too. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think Mariota's a sleeper on it. I think if he gets a weapon with them being in the NFC, it, it there's a high possibility you'll see him in a wild card game. Yeah, I don't see them going anywhere past that just because I don't know if he's – I think he he's he the be, caliber – He could be like Tim Tebow. 
when Tim Tebow was on Denver. And let me tell you, I'm that Tim Tebow's number one fan too, because uh, that guy knew how to win. And I think that's the good thing about Mariota for Falcons fans is Mariota's a winner. Yeah, like you're not drafting or you're not signing the best quarterback, but you're signing a quarterback that's a winner. I love how Anna just bowed out of all of this. Like quite literally. Yeah, she's she's about, about like, half asleep right here. Like, we were we over. were both falling asleep before this started, and but she was like, "Guys, you got to wake up! You got to get excited!" And now here we are, awake and excited, and she's just off on her own planet. And it's funny because she got more sleep than both of us combined last night. Yeah, that must be nice. Must be nice. I got two hours. He got two hours. So did you sleep more than four hours? <laughs> I did. <laughs> she probably mm. slept four times as much. That that must be nice. But um, so. We want to segue I, into I, basketball. Let's, let's move on to basketball because I have a cool story actually. Okay, we need so, to start with U and G though. Okay, we said we were starting we'll start everything with U and G, and then I'll go into my cool. Story. Uh, this is where I'm sure Anna's going to chime in because oh, yeah. she's like the U and G women's basketball person. She already had it pulled up on her phone. Um, do you want to just do all of it? I'll yeah. just give you. All right, I'll just give you the microphone. I'll just talk about all of it. So unfortunately, the women's basketball season came to an end last night. Um, we're sad about it for the seniors. And, you know, we were kind of hoping for a national championship, as one should. But um, they did have a history-making season. They've never made it as far as the Final Four in the NCAA. They have a lot of accomplishments on the season. More specifically, they were regular season conference champions. Um, and then they had, like, the Peach Pelt Conference Tournament. They won that Southeast Regional Tournament. NCAA, that was pretty much like the Sweet 16 game, um, won that. So then they were able to make the trip to Birmingham to the Elite Eight, which they did a couple of years ago. And Abby Franklin and Julianne Sutton were both on that team at the time. But this was the first time they've ever made it to the Final Four. So that's just like a huge accomplishment in itself. I mean, it would have been better if they would have, you know, gone further. But we got to be thankful for what we got with that one. Um, also, I have to talk about Julianne Sutton, not just because she's a friend of mine, um, but because she is very highly decorated now. She, I would have to pull up a list to see all of the things that um, she's accomplished throughout this season and in her career. As of yesterday, she was named the WBCA National Player of the Year. For Division Two. For Division Two, yeah. Well, that's what the WBCA is. I don't like. What yeah. would be a higher honor than that? There isn't one. That's isn't the one. highest. That's, that's what I thought. It's the highest she could get. So she pretty much got named the best player in all of Division Two basketball. But also, she broke records here at the school throughout the season. Yeah, she was the first um, basketball player to score two thousand career points for UNG. Yeah. There's been others that have scored. Right. I mean, yeah, I'm just, I'm talking about UNG history. I'm sure she's made some national records as well. I don't know what those would be. I would not be surprised at all if she's broken, whether it be an in-game record or uh, her stretch at double-double. She had 17 double-doubles this year, which is just ridiculous for any sort of, any leveled athlete in basketball. you look at who was the double-double, triple-double kings in the NBA five years ago, and that's Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and LeBron. I think the most double-doubles they had, granted they have a lot longer season, about three times as long. I think LeBron's record was like 
31 in a season. Westbrook had that one crazy season where he had, like, 38 combined, like, triple-double, double-doubles. Um, so she's doing this in a third of the games, and she had 17 of them. Right. I mean, there's Julianne Sutton, and then there's, like, LeBron James, you know? Like, they're right there next to well, each other. Well, <laughs> Kobe's got to be somewhere in there. Well, yeah. I think Kobe's above LeBron by ages, though. I don't. I, LeBron's not on my top five list of all time. LeBron's best players, not even in you. my top ten. We, he was before he wanted to become all right, a political actor. That's a discussion in just a second. But I don't want to cut Anna off if she has any more that she wants to talk about with the women's <laughs> I hate basketball that you're team. You're still calling me that. <laughs> we said we were calling you Anna this whole time. Okay, so last night we got to talk about last night's game a little bit. Um, I watched it from home because I was unable to make the trip. Um, And I feel like I'm partially at fault because I've been to the last, what, like 12 of their games? And what were they on? They were on a 12-game win streak. The last game that they lost was Was back in February. The last basketball game that I announced. And then they went on that 12-game win streak. Yeah. After that, I didn't. Announce I was this there game for that so one too, you, but you need, you no, you weren't at the last one I announced. I wasn't. No. So, um, so what you need to start doing is you got to start announcing, and then just like don't announce for twelve. Then just stop. Thirteenth <laughs> game. See, I did that with baseball, announce. and uh, and then they went on like a, a four game losing streak. So I think it's only a basketball thing. No, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, do that for the ba- women's basketball, and then for the guys, just you got to announce every game, even when you're not going to UNG anymore. You got to come back. And keep doing it. I'll do you it. could be the next Craig. That's true. I could be the next Craig or the next Walker that, McCreary. That means nothing to <laughs> anyone that's listening because you know, they have I no have, idea who Craig is. I even have no idea who Craig is, but I already like him because his name's Craig. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no one's ever met a Craig that Likeable didn't like. guy. All right. This wasn't so, on the list, but wait, we... Wait. I'm oh. not done. Hang on. You started talking about something else. Sorry. Continue. No, I started talking about the game last You have night. to talk about Caroline Martin, though, just so you know. Caroline Martin, she did play all 40 minutes of the game last night, but she put up 28 points, and she drew probably about a million fouls because, I a mean— A million and seven. Yeah. That's pretty much what she's known for, and it took the announcers on CBS Sports about halfway through the game to realize that she does the same move every time, but it works— um, so basically, they had a pretty strong first quarter, leading 23 to 19. And um, then in the second quarter, it was basically back and forth. I mean, there was nothing really that stood out. Um, I know that Josie dropped a couple threes, but she only had th- nine points on the night. She only hit three threes, and that is kind of low for her. She's like notorious three-point shooter. I definitely expected a lot more. You got to think the nerves in that game too. Oh yeah, that for sure factored into it. You know they kind of had some comfortable like six or seven-point leads throughout the game, but then they just started. Uh, Western Washington started making that little comeback towards halftime, and I feel like our girls might have gotten a little bit like winded or discouraged discouraged something like they weren't running as fast they weren't making baskets which is very important when you're playing basketball it's just something was off the rest of the time but they did fight until the very end I will say that last two minutes of the game I wish I would have timed like how long that took in real life because I swear it had to be like 20 minutes 
to get the, through those last two minutes because the coaches kept calling timeouts because it was just a battle for time the whole time. And um, there were so many fouls on both sides just trying to get, you know, more points in there there towards the end. Um, actually, I did notice in the last part of the fourth quarter, Caroline Martin was the only player to score on anything but free throws for like the second half of the fourth quarter. So that shows you how the game went. There was a lot of points scored, but they were all free throws. It was crazy. Um, So final score, 68-74. That was Julianne Sutton, Abby Franklin, and Jamari McDavid's last game. And um, immediately after, Julianne ended up getting fouled out in the fourth quarter towards the very end. And um, just seeing her face and the faces of her teammates and, you know, them hugging each other and stuff. I got a little bit emotional just because I like know her personally, but not only is she, you know, all American third team player of the year or national player of the year, Southeast regional player of the year, conference player of the year. I mean, all those things, but she did so much for that team, like with her personality, her encouragement, she was like her and Abby both were like glue that held that team together, especially when times got rough. Um, so I know that those three seniors will be very missed. Um, Jamari McDavid, she doesn't get talked about as much because she was a transfer. But I mean, if you saw her on the court, she always had a smile on her face. <clears throat> and she was um, she got like MVP for regional. Tournament. She averaged like 19 points a game in the regional tournament. Yeah. So she was a very valuable player, too. Um, So it's just hard to see them go. But that's how sports work. You go into the postseason, you play until you lose, and then the season for the seniors is over. But it's just always hard to wrap your head around, especially if you've been following someone's career for a long time. So I just realized I talked for a really long time about women's basketball. But it's very near and dear to my heart, as you all know. Um, So I guess... We just look forward to next season and hold on to the memories from this one. Yep, and hopefully it'll the success will carry on to the the younger class that's there. Josie and and Caroline, I think, are the two. Uh, I think a junior sophomore that'll probably kind of have to take the ropes. I think passing of the torch. I think Josie is actually a senior, but with the COVID right. thing, she has an extra year of eligibility. So right, she's going to be back on the team next year, but technically she graduates. Sometime before then. Probably before us. Probably. So um, we can't forget about, like, Julianne Sutton put up 17 points last night, eight boards. Not her best, I mean, because she's known for the double-doubles. But I know in uh, Monday's game she was one board short of her fourth straight double-double. So it's just a double-double is not new news for Julianne. But last night she was short of that. Anyways, I'm done now. Okay. Where are we at on that time? So, so I know if I can throw in the teaser that 50 I 50 minutes. 50 minutes. I don't know how long you wanted this to be. Podcasts are over an hour all the time, yeah. right? Um, this was the teaser that I had mentioned before that. Yeah. I was just going to have you real quick make what was your top five best bas- NBA players of all time. Okay. So mine is very different than a lot of players. Okay. Or a lot of people's. I got Michael Jordan, I got Kobe, one and two, always. But there's a lot of people that will leave out Magic, Kareem, 
and all of them off their list. Julius is my number three. Because back in the day, what he was doing was was not the typical. But put him at number three. And then fourth is always weird for me because there's someone that deserves it, but then there's someone that I want to put there because they were a better player. They just did not play as many seasons. And I want you to try and guess who it was. Who you want to put there? Who I want to put. Uh, like a before-our-lifetime player? It was – he was probably – no, he still played in our lifetime. He played in our lifetime, and you wanted him to p- wanted to put him there, but he didn't play long enough to put him there. Uh, what position? He played shooting guard. Shooting guard. Uh, Ray Allen. Mm-hmm. Oh, good guess. But um, well, Ray played long enough. It's not that. It's just he didn't he didn't put up enough numbers when he was younger, and then he got stuck in that big trio that went down to Miami, so he wasn't getting as many shots up as he should have. But when he was a Celtic, if you put that performance throughout the whole entire career, like his prime as a Celtic, he's top four. Just because of the type of player he was, the shots that he could do, all of that, everything. Who I do put at my number four, who no one will ever agree with, is Vince Carter. That man, the long ability, is that a word? The longevity. Sure. Longevity, long ability. Of, I'm using it. The long ability of that man was just incredible. Like, he stayed consistent his whole career. Exactly. And that's the only reason I put him in my top five. Because my top three are, yeah, they're athletes that, like, they went out there, they proved themselves. But I I put him at four just because of his longevity, and then I put Wilt Chamberlain at five because Wilt Chamberlain, I, I, I mean, I guess I'd argue I'd put Chamberlain above Vince Carter, but I just put Vince Carter there because, like, he was a part of basketball for, what, 25 seasons? Right. That's crazy. Who, who else do you know that has gone that long in their career? Nobody. Exactly. And if you can stay that healthy and you can be performing at the level that he was for so long, it, it's just impressive. So my top half is very similar years. The bottom half, it changes a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I got Jordan 1, Kobe 2. I think that that's kind of the obvious. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people that disagree with that, but I think that that's the obvious picks. Three, I go Shaq. See, I was thinking about putting Shaq in my top five, but here's the thing. Shaq couldn't shoot a three free throw. He probably still, you could put him almost layup. He's still not going to make it. That's true. And that that's a lot of the game, I know, but the fact that he was such a threat that there was the strategy for teams was literally called hack-a-shack, and yeah. it was foul him and make him shoot free throws. Like, that that just shows, in my opinion, that he is a top three because they literally like, we just have to foul this man because we can't let him actually have the ball. You know how mad people are going to be at our top fives? No, they're going to be <laughs> livid because mine, mine gets a lot different here too. So... I actually have a, a tie at four because it's it's the four or five, and I can't put one above the other because of when they played and because of how great they both were. And honestly, at times, they've been up in my top three, and that's Magic and Bird. Uh, they both were just – no no other player besides Magic and Bird carried a franchise like they did. Yeah, like so. everyone else had a crutch with them. Scottie Pippen – you know, Shaq had Steve Nash or who else with him. LeBron always had his super teams. Like, Larry Bird was playing. Like, he, he led Indiana State to the national championship, and Indiana State might be one of the worst college basketball programs in basketball history. Well, Larry and Magic are my six and seven. They're, I, I only leave them out of that top five because if it – one, I, Vince Carter doesn't deserve a top five, but 
in my opinion, I just loved the the way he was. But if I had to put one of them in, it'd probably be Magic. Not necessarily just because of his basketball career, but because of all the crap that he had to deal with while it was going on. That's true. And I would just like to say, not because I'm trying to make you not mad at me anymore, but we literally have the same top five. Like same so, order? Yes. Um, well, first off, I'm actually kind of surprised that you have an NBA top five. I didn't even think that you watched CMBA. Honestly, no. But those were the first like five names that popped in my head. And I like while he was going through his little rundown, I was putting it together. And yeah, that's it. Which, I mean... I respect it because obviously that means your top five means something because if she doesn't watch NBA that much and she was like, what are the first five names that pop in my head? Right. It's like it shows something that they deserve to be recognized. Right. And Bird and Magic, part of the reason, might be a bias at the four and five because they're my two favorite players to ever play. Yeah. Um, I mean, they the NBA wouldn't have would have gone under if it wasn't for Bird and Magic. So I think, well, mostly because of Bird, but then when Magic came in, and then that rivalry between them, and right? Because they came in the well, same that's year. That's what I love about Larry Bird too, is because when all that stuff was going on with Magic, he was like, "I don't care. I will right. still play against him." And people were like, "Well, he shouldn't be in the league. He could give me AIDS and all this." And it's like, no. Like Bird was like, "I don't care. I comp- competition. I want the best out there. I want to play against the best." And he was like, "Give me Magic." Right. Well, and that's so I actually. So I watched the Bird Magic documentary yesterday. Yeah. And one of the things I liked about both of them is that they didn't let anything outside of the game distract them. Like, there was a whole lot going on when it came to segregation back then, and neither of them let that distract them at all to we're here playing basketball, and that's all we're going to do. I mean, Bird and Magic both even held press conferences to say, we're not worrying about that stuff, we're just playing basketball. Um, What's... Both huge pioneers in the game. Especially, you know, now not a lot of people mention it, but, like, Charles Barkley, Shaq, and all them, they don't come through with the same treatment if it wasn't for the Magic Bird. Uh, I don't know what you want, camaraderie that came with it and yeah. everything. It, basketball is not the same in general. A lot of things aren't the same without that. And right. it's, like, the same thing you have, like, Jackie Robinson, and then you have, in the in the NFL, you have so many but um there's a lot of big differences that would be going on without these key players that had played so yeah i definitely recognize them as some of the top players ever played in the nba but going from nba i have a cool story about march madness so there is a mother that coaches for um notre dame and she her name is uh neil ivy And she coaches Notre Dame. They're in the Sweet 16 right now for the women's bracket. And the men's bracket, her son, he he is in. He's on a Purdue. They're in the Sweet 16. So that's so weird that you know, one obviously like if you're coaching basketball somewhere, you probably played before. So if if you reproduce, your kids are going to have athletic talent. But her son is a top level collegiate athlete. He's in the sweet, six, sweet 16. She's in the Sweet 16. How weird is that? Like, you're just, like, calling your mom after your game. You're like, hey, we won. She's like, I know. I'm watching, and we're about to go play ours. Okay, I'm going to watch. Yeah, that's – I actually didn't know that. That's a super cool story, though. Uh, I mean, that's the great thing about March is that there's just so many different stories like that that oh, yeah. come out that you don't see in any other sport. Well, that's why this podcast is so long right now because there are so many things going on right now in sports. And we still have – of the whole March Madness discussion to go to. Okay, well, 
if we want to keep going in this March Madness, we got to compare brackets at some point. Uh, did you make a bracket, Anna? I did. Who who'd you have winning? Tennessee. Ooh. She had Tennessee winning. Who'd you have winning? I got North Carolina. They're still in it. Guess who I had winning? Uh, I think we had talked about this. It was like Iowa, right? I had Iowa, Iowa. winning it all. Mm. I went for the crazy pick. I'm an SEC fan above all. Even though I hate Tennessee Orange and you wouldn't catch me dead wearing that, I totally support an SEC team making it, you know, and winning. Mm. Um, I had Duke and Tennessee facing off for the final, and I really don't remember much of what happened in my bracket before that, but Tennessee lost. So, therefore, I'm not even, like, paying that much attention to it anymore. And who do we have? Is it St. Petersburg? St. Petersburg, the 15 seed, who's playing 11 seed, I think it is, Miami. Dude, okay, one, that Miami-Auburn game, crazy. It was crazy. And Miami came out and they said, look, Auburn's overhyped. We're going to prove it right here. And the ACC's underhyped. Oh, yeah. But St. Petersburg. One, I, I read something yesterday. You know how they have all the NIT deals that uh, co- collegiate athletes can sign now? Right. The shooting guard for St. Petersburg just signed something with Buffalo Wild Wings. So after their game, he's sitting at a table with like 40 things of Buffalo Wild Wings in front of him. I thought that was amazing. And that literally comes from the hype that came around March Madness. Right. And I think it's so great now because if you go back to like the Wichita State comes out of nowhere, BYU comes out of nowhere, all those Cinderella teams. Gonzaga that used to be one Gonzaga, of those. Gonzaga, yeah. And you have if they had NIT deals back then, because those players on those teams are still household names. That like before you're like, who, who is this guy? Like what? What's his name? And it's like, dude, if they had NIT deals back then, it's like, okay, well, Batman's just made his entire career. And I love it too because a lot of these athletes they put their bodies on the line for so long that eventually they're gonna give out. So not every single one of them can go pro, but like if you give them a great deal with these NIT deals here in college, they don't have to go that route because a lot of the times you'll find people tearing their ACLs or their knees are giving out or, you know, for pitchers like Tommy John surgery and everything. And with them being able to have this option now, I think it's an, it's an amazing thing. And especially because I'm pretty sure every state, like the NCAA as a whole now has like agreed to it. Right. Right. Cause I know originally it was just out in like California and such, but now that the whole NCAA has it, I think, one, it does kind of downgrade some of the play because now people are going to be like, oh, I'm getting paid. But then they're going to realize, oh, hey, it's not a contract that says I have to perform or anything. It's like, no, I'm getting recognition for my hard work, and I, I love it. Yeah, I do. So at first when they announced that, I wasn't a fan because in my mind I was thinking you have all these you know players that are definitely going to be number one draft picks. You know, football's kind of the mindset I had on it at first. Um, all these people, Trevor Lawrence's, that it's like they're going to make so much money later on. Why does it matter now? But as I see all these smaller schools, your Jacksonville State and football with mm-hmm. Dion and all those players, I, I kind of see the effect that it has on. Well, the funny thing the is, league. it's not even all these like big name players that are doing these deals because they're like right. their expectation is focus on what we got to do now. We're going to go and make it. Like, I think. Zion signed a advertisement deal three days after he was drafted, and that was with Adidas, right? Uh, yes. The shoe that keeps breaking. Right, the one but, that he bro- he broke. <laughs> but uh, so like those big name players, they know they're going to get those contracts, so they're not even trying to mess with it here in college. But then you have people like this St. Petersburg guard that like his draft stock was probably not very high, 
And, you know, it's not anything against him. He may be a great player, but it's just because of where he's going to school, the exposure that he's gotten throughout the season is not as much as these big schools. But now he's gotten this contract that he can he can set himself up for the rest of him, his life with it. And I think that's just a great thing. And it, it gives smaller players like that more incentive to keep going out there and proving themselves because now that he has that, he has exposure – if he goes out there and he proves himself for the rest of this March Madness, it's a different story. His draft stock may just go straight to the roof. Right, and that's, like you said, that's the great thing about March is you have all these players that are getting their recognition. I mean, you saw that previous years. They, they were already more well-known players than maybe this guy for St. Petersburg, but you had your your Steph Curry leading like an 11-seed Davidson. You had Yamarant leading a 12-seed uh, Murray State. So you had a lot of these really good players getting their recognition come March, and now this is just kind of carrying over on that. And not only that, but that guy, if he wants to play four years, he doesn't have to worry about do I risk getting draft getting undrafted by declaring for the draft so that I can make a living when he's like, I can keep playing college basketball that I love because I have this deal in place that will help me help me make my way through college playing basketball. And not only that, it's encouraging people, the ones that do get these deals, they're going to stay in college all four years. They're going to get a degree. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I've seen with a lot of athletes now, especially ones that are coming from single-parent homes. They're, they're saying, yeah, I'm staying all four years because I promised my mom or my dad that I am going to get a degree. And it's like, I don't care that my draft stock is perfect right now. I don't care if I go out and mess up season. I'm going out and I'm making sure that I get educated so I know I have a backup plan. And I think that this just furthers that, and now people are going to keep going that direction. Yeah, which I think anybody that was against them paying athletes with sponsorships like that, I feel like that should be the one thing that should turn everybody. Because one of the things that everyone always hates is that athletes aren't staying and getting their degree. And so... I think that's. I think it's been working out great. And I don't. I, I, it doesn't matter. I know, but I'm going to mention it anyways. Politically speaking, if you wanted free college or whatnot, or if you don't want free college, having these athletes getting paid and having all these endorsement deals that bring more money to the schools is the first step of going in that direction. And I know that it's a very controversial thing, so I'm not going to stay on it too long. But that this will be a key point that will be brought up if it ever does get discussed. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that this will bring up a lot of different discussions, the fact that they're doing these sponsorships, and I think it will help out a lot of schools. I mean, as a Georgia Tech fan, as bad as our program is, it's helped our program with a lot of funding to try to be good in the future at least. And so I think it's going to help a lot with smaller schools or schools that are struggling. Anna Kate, what do you think? Anna. Wrap it up. (laughs) She said, I don't have an opinion on this one. But, okay, one more thing. We'll go to the NBA for a second for the Hawks because we haven't mentioned the Hawks. John Collins, what you thinking? Uh, I don't even remember what his injury was, to be honest with you. I know that he just got injured, and, I mean, it was it's him and Trey Young. Two years in a row he's been Right. Injured. And, so, I mean, it's it's been him and Trey Young. I mean, you traded away Cam Reddish, so there, there's not much left now but Trey Young. I mean, that guy, he doesn't get the credit he deserves. He's one of the top five best players in the NBA right now, probably, just based off of his shooting ability alone. Just the numbers he puts he's, up. He's putting up like 45 a game. And now, talking about top five, Trey Young and Madison Square Garden might be the best NBA player of all time. Not of all time. I will give him, like, top three. It's crazy how good he the is numbers, though, in the Garden. Oh, God. Uh, so, I mean, I think there's still a playoff team without Collins mm-hmm. just because of how good Young is. Will they make a run like they did last year? 
probably not. Um, but I, I think you might see some big moves made by the Hawks in the offseason. I, I think the Hawks are definitely going to go towards – they have a very young team, which is very good in a lot of cases. But I think they're going to move towards keeping Trey as that centerpiece and then moving towards getting some older players that more are more experienced, especially – so you saw how LeBron said he's going to go to wherever his son gets drafted. Well, I heard rumors that the Hawks were thinking about it. Not that Bronny's any good. He's three-star athlete at best, in my opinion. But you get him, you get LeBron. You have LeBron, Trey, and Bronny as your guards. You put uh, – who's our center? Clint oh, Capella. Clint Capella. You have a big man like that, and then you put a power forward. You get Collins back. You put, yeah, you put Collins a power forward. You you have a team that could literally bulldoze anyone. Yeah, you do. That's, I mean, that's been the one thing that Trey's always needed is he needed one more guard that was consistent. Cam Reddish wasn't that, so they traded him, and so they're still looking for somebody that'll be that consistent guard with Trey. Another reason I keep bringing up new things is Anna Kate is Anna. so Anna's so ready to go. After she was trying to get the us reason. hyped for this podcast, which has been, a, in my opinion, a fantastic oh, podcast. Oh, yeah. This has I've, been our best thus far, I think. Right. So why stop while you're ahead? You yeah, know, that's what I'm saying. Like, what other topics you got? But I do <laughs> I do have one more thing, a sports in a whole, and it's just a general conversation. But I think we all have the same answer here. Pro or college? College. College, except for baseball. College? Okay. I agree with that, actually. Word. Yeah. Okay. I take that back. What about – do you all watch any hockey or no? Yes. Do you watch rugby? I No, but I've always wanted to watch rugby. Okay, so I think rugby and hockey could be included in the fact of pro might be better because those guys – if you ever watch pro rugby, which I very much encourage you to, if you like football but like college football, people actually getting hit, go watch rugby. But NHL is the same way. Those guys do not stop playing. They don't care what they look like after the game. They could miss – nine of their teeth and they're like that was a good game man nice <laughs> yeah it's like wow you have a screw loose but like that was so fun to watch but like i don't know i think with definitely basketball and football college all the way yeah i agree adding on to that i know anna's probably pissed off we're adding something else onto this but <laughs> if you had to pick one sport and the level that you would say is your favorite like College football, professional football, college baseball, professional baseball. What? Which one would you pick? Okay, this is hard for me. It's like a two-way tie for me. Well, yeah, and it's going to be college football and pro baseball. But here's the problem. I have a school's logo tattooed on my body in a certain place that we're not going to speak of because of how much I love their team. And, and that's college a, a college football. football team. But I'm about to go get a pro baseball team tattooed on my body because of how much I love that baseball team. So... I'm not going to pick one. I'm going to pick the Braves in Georgia. That's what I'm going to pick because I love those two teams so much that if it, if I had to pick any sport, I would just say Atlanta and Georgia. And like they could go out there and play basketball if they wanted to, like just combine every sport. <laughs> but like I it's just if if I have those two teams and I'll even throw the Dolphins in with that. If you let me watch my three teams, I I'll be happy. I'd Dolphins not as much because pro football is not what it used to be. You get touched now in a uh, pro bowl game, the play is dead. And, like, Alvin Kamara was even pissed about that. But, like, so NFL is not what it used to be. College football is definitely better. But if I really had to pick one, I'd probably have to go MLB just because 
I played baseball for like 14 years of my life and I love baseball and that's something I could never get tired of. I have a pretty similar answer. So definitely if I could choose college football and MLB baseball, but if I was forced to choose just one sport, I would go with football. I've always been a bigger football fan than I am a baseball fan. Fan. I mean, it's a very close call, um, but I'm just a football fanatic. That's fair. College-wise. NFL, couldn't care less, but I still follow it to an extent. And my answer is similar to both of those. I prefer baseball as a sport. I love baseball. Nothing, I, I don't, there's not many things I love more than baseball. But if I had to pick between the Braves and Georgia Tech football, as bad as Tech football has been and as awful, what? Why are you giving me a weird face? As bad as Did Georgia Tech football. Did you forget he was a Georgia Tech fan? No, I'm just... I can't wrap my brain around you choosing Georgia Tech football. I haven't gotten. To, I haven't given my answer anything. yet. I haven't Ever. given my let answer him, yet. <laughs> Listen, I didn't interrupt your answer. So See, I'm done being nice now. Well, I'm still <laughs> upset, so that's fine. Um, I lost my train of thought. Um, 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 um. You're about to say something along the lines of, "I would die for Georgia Tech football, even though they suck." Okay, <laughs> not die, but <laughs> so. The Braves, watching them win a World Series was probably the greatest, one of the greatest sports moments that I've ever got to see. I mean, we've, we all three wanted to see that, and I'm sure probably cried tears of joy. I know uh, oh, Anna I did, and I, yeah. I, I did. I definitely did. Right. But Georgia Tech football, the years that I've gone through of them sucking, I still keep watching, and the years that they were good, I loved and so it's just something about Georgia Tech football. Like, if they were to win a national championship, the excitement level compared to the Braves winning the World Series would be, like, twice as much. And so I'd have to pick Georgia Tech football just because... That would be I don't know shock. what the connection is. <laughs> so real shock. That I don't know. would be a shock to the world if Georgia Tech won in my life, national out and championship. Next, <laughs> next year, yes. In my lifetime, it wouldn't be that big of a shock because of how... F- much college football fluctuates, which is why I still hold on to that prayer. But even though I never went to Georgia Tech, something about just that college yeah. connection of loving, which y'all never went to Georgia either. That's I true. I went to Georgia. What? For two semesters, but it's too expensive. What? That's the yeah. reason I didn't go. Oh. You know how much I paid a semester over there? Probably. A lot. Let's just say it Tens was... Tens of thousands. It was... What I pay now? Let's see. 23 times what I pay now? Wow. Yeah. Did you just do like the quick math? I'm I'm smart. I he could go to Georgia Tech with that knowledge. But that's if I could I if I could go one semester transfer in, I will one hundred one hundred percent do it. To but, Georgia, right? Yeah. No, Georgia no, Tech. You, I think we were because talking about the Georgia. connection. We were, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just you want to follow in Chase's footsteps? No. And go to Georgia for two really semesters? just all honestly. I would probably put Georgia Tech college baseball and basketball over the Braves. Just something about how much I love Georgia Tech sports. I get that. I think I we can't. need to uninclude Isaac next time. No, I was actually <laughs> going to give you a nice answer and say I totally get that. You got to stay true to your schools sometimes. After and you were like just no like explanation for it, but you just grow up like your parents raise you to love a certain team, and it's just who you, it becomes like part of who you are. Right. See, I'm weird. Like with I that, am though. Georgia football. <laughs> and that's fair. Anna is Georgia football. But I'm, I'm weird with that because my dad was born and raised in Miami. So I'm a Dolphins fan, and then I'm a Florida State fan somewhat because my dad went there. Are you but a Hurricanes fan? No. <laughs> Gross. Okay. No, Florida State. My dad went to Florida State, so oh. I got to be a Florida oh, okay. State fan. And But 
um, like whenever I got to Georgia, I was like, this is my school. And I was already a Georgia fan because I'd lived in Georgia my entire life. But then I got there and I was like, yeah, there's no way I'll ever root for Florida State again. If Florida State is playing Florida, yes. But like anything else, I'm like, eh, I don't care. Yeah. And then like it, with the pros, it's like the opposite. It's like I I love Miami still, but like I'm still going to be a Falcons fan too. Right. But I mean, I completely get with Georgia, like Georgia basketball one. is so bad. Georgia men's basketball. It's so bad. Just made the best move ever. By firing him. That's um, true. But yeah. Georgia men's basketball, women's basketball, women's softball, well, just softball, uh, baseball, and football, like, if they win a championship, my excitement is, like, through the roof. But the Atlanta Braves winning, nothing compares to that in my book. That's fair. But adding to what what, what Anna had said, I'll call her Anna Kate now because I'm agreeing with what she's saying. I'll call her Anna Kate one time is the family connection that she kind of brought up. You're raised one way. You you were, you were weren't raised a Georgia fan, quote-unquote, because your dad's a Florida State fan. So they won't mean as much, quite as much, compared to the Braves as it does for Anna no, Kate, no, who no, probably no. grew I, up watching UGA every day with her family. And that's the thing. My family is a Braves fan, but they don't go out and watch every game. Yeah. Every Saturday, at least three people in my family are scheduling our weekend around going and sitting on the couch and watching Georgia Tech football. And well, so I see, think that I'm that plays a big deal in your team. See, I'm the same way with college football and everything. Like, my entire weekend is college football because Sunday I will not be moving because of college football. But You mean Saturday? Saturday. No, I meant what I said. <laughs> Saturday I will be very, yeah. Gotcha. Okay, you got me now. Yeah. But, like, with the Braves, it's different because my best friend passed away, and he was the biggest Braves fan I have ever met. And I loved the Braves, and he loved the Braves. And then after he passed, I was like, you know – if the Braves ever win a World Series, that will be, like, one of the greatest things in my life. So that's the reason that I say the Braves are over Georgia in that okay. sense. Because before that, when the Braves won the World Series, I was like, you know, wow, that's pretty great. But, like, when Georgia had won the national championship, I was like, okay, I was like, those two together, though, like, there's no better year in my book for sports. The oh, yeah. Dolphins could go on, like, 10 years straight of winning Super Bowls. I w- it compares none. Right. I was, I cried when the Braves won the World Series. Tears of joy. So happy about that. Um, But when the Dogs won the national championship, cried tears of joy. Then you could not wipe the smile off my face for about two weeks straight, probably. I mean, that is just what, since I was a little kid, like, that was what I wanted every single year. It was like, finally, they did it. Since... Dooley's dogs in 1980 they were the last ones and then 41 years later here we are yeah you know? 41 and I know the Braves went like a long stretch without it but I don't know I can't really pinpoint why but the dogs winning the national championship that was it for me I mean best thing ever yeah that's that's fair obviously it wasn't for me but and I hate Alabama so much I'm so glad that we played them. So glad we played them twice and was able to like prove ourselves with that. Yeah, that's fair. That was that's a big deal for Georgia and the rest of their season. Just like it was a big deal for the Braves to finally lift the Dodgers curse. The the one thing we can all agree on is the Crimson Tide. Sucks. Yes. And I can't agree with that. They're actually very actually. good. They're very but good, <laughs> but like we don't like them. I can't agree and with that. And Nick Sate I mean Nick Saban, um, is just 
I don't want to say it, but he's the greatest guy ever. He eats two moon pies for breakfast every day. I know. Like, come on. Two oatmeal cream pies. Yeah, yeah. If I don't eat my, if I don't eat my two oatmeal cream pies, I get angry. I really like oatmeal cream pies. I'll give him that. They are pretty good, and he's a great coach. He I don't hate Alabama like y'all by do. By far but. the best coach in it right now. Because, I mean, you can argue that Kirby Smart is, mm. but where did he learn most of his stuff? From Nick Saban. Yeah. You got Jimbo Fisher in that list, too. Yeah. I'm sweating. Wow, I don't You got Dabo weird. Sweeney in that list. In my opinion, Dabo Sweeney's a really good coach. I have him in that list. Not Nick Saban level, but he's in that top five list. He definitely is. He's taken a few of these quarterbacks that he's gotten. He's like, you're going to be a number one right. prospect. Like, um, but, you know, that's really all I've got. Well, then I say we end it with a go Nighthawks, go Dogs. Go, go jackets, Braves. go jackets. Minus that. I'm not one. gonna say that, gonna but say that. You I'll, can I'll say get that. all the teams. Go jackets. Go Panthers. Go Eagles. Go what's Kennesaw State crap? No, no, no. We no. We don't want owls. Oh. Go owls. We're going all the Georgia. <laughs> um, who we got uh, down in South Georgia? Mercer Bears. Mercer Mar- Bears. Go Bears. Go Bears. Go Valdosta. Whoever you are. Go Hawks. Go, go Falcons. Thrashers. A big R. Go Thrashers. Go. Thrashers. <laughs> The go gladiators. Go gladiators. We we gotta we gotta. There's a professional uh, rugby team. We not need rugby, an underwater basket weaving team, and then we're you complete. Know, you know what we need to do? What in the podcast? What's <laughs> the WNBA team? The dream. The dream. Atlanta dream. The Atlanta Shout out dream. to a former Nighthawk actually made the professional yes. women's frisbee team. Mm-hmm. Um, Brooke Hartman, former Nighthawk. All right. Well, I'm Chase. I'm Isaac. I'm Anna Kate. Anna. Anna. And, uh, you know, that's it for today. If y'all have any ideas for what you want for the next podcast, you know, uh, you can comment on our Instagram or you can go to the UNG Vanguard website. And, yeah, y'all have a good day.